0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us on what happens when someone rejects light. This message and previous messages are available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Now, here are some highlights from yesterday's message.
1: And so we learned from verse 2 in the Bible here in in Genesis 1-2 that there was a darkness that was on the face of the deep. That That was a bad thing. Ephesians says that you and I were not only in the darkness, but we were actually darkness itself. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. We love darkness. That was our delight. Now here's
0: Tom Cantor as we continue our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday study in the book of Genesis.
1: That's us. We're the rotten hamburger package.
0: We emanate
1: darkness we emanate darkness but when you look at John John 3 that's where we are isn't it John 3 verse 20 through 21 it explains to us for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light neither cometh to the light lest, lest his deeds should be reproved but he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God four words appear in that verse 20 and 21 and it is the four words very important it's repeated you know what they are cometh to the light, cometh to the light. Why is that such an important four words? Because that, those four words tell us that the light is an invitation. The light is an invitation from God. Light came as an invitation. Light came and it created a choice. It created an issue. Light created an issue. Am I going to turn to the light? Am I not going to turn to the light? Light is the Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever He's present, there's an invitation, just like the light. Whenever He's present, an issue is created. Turn to the light or not turn to the light. A crisis, if you want to think of it that way. Turn to the Lord Jesus Christ or not turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a person decides to do determines whether or not they'll be condemned. The condemnation, as it says, is their decision. It's their decision on what they decide to do. Will they turn to the light and cast off the works of darkness and hate darkness and change loyalties from darkness to light, or will they not? The entrance of light creates this issue, and the decision has to be made. When the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world, he came in like Noah's ark, Noah's great ark, with that open door. That door was never shut. For From wherever it was made, sometime within 120 years, there was a door. But in essence, the door was open for like 120 years. And it was always an open door in Noah's Ark. And there were two things that the people never saw in Noah's day. You know what one of them was? They never saw rain. He's talking about rain and flood and dying and drowning. They never saw rain. They never saw these things to happen. They never saw that. You know the second thing they never saw? They never saw that door shut. They never saw that door shut. They always, they always saw the open door. They never saw the door shut. They never saw the judgment. That was always open. But the people would see both of them. They would see both of them. They, they did face the judgment of the flood. And they did see the door of the ark closed but they, but but during the time they said the store's never shut the store's always open it'll be open when i'm when i get old it'll be it'll always be there after i have my fun with sin the door will still be open then i can get saved in this ark here when i'm too old to sin anymore then i'll go into this this door And there was a day when God did both. He shut the door of the ark and the judgment came and the judgment could not be turned away and the door was not opened a second time. Think about that. Now, can you imagine the shock for the people when they came and they said, the door's shut, but it was always open, but today it's shut. It's shut. They saw it that way. It was locked and they saw themselves shut out. They saw themselves locked out. Hey, what's going on here? The door's never been shut before. It's never been. It's always been open. Just when I decide that now I want to go in the ark, it's too late. Maybe there's some mistake. There's no mistake. Because the door was not open for them anymore. They had the opportunity. That's why David, king of Israel, said in Psalm 95 and 7 and 8, Today, right now, he says, Today, if you will hear his voice, pardon not your heart. Don't harden your heart. What's he saying there, David, king of Israel? He's saying, don't assume that that door is always going to be open. Don't assume that it's always going to be there. Because there's coming a day when it's going to be shut. Don't push God, is what he's saying. Don't push him. Don't presume that, oh, God will just keep that door. Condemnation is measured by how much light is brought to a person and how much they decide to reject. That's condemnation. And a person's decision to reject the light is seen in how they say to sin, you know, I missed you, sin. Come on, let's go have a good time. I love you more than God. That's the condemnation, that choice. So now turn to Isaiah chapter 60, verse two, please. Now here in Isaiah 62, it describes hope in the midst of all this terrible description about us being darkness. It says, Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. The Lord Jesus Christ came into our personal darkness when we were in gross darkness. Remember the parallel in Genesis? Darkness was on the face of the earth, and God sent the light. Darkness was there, big darkness, but God sent the light. The Lord Jesus Christ came in one of the darkest times of history, historically speaking, and he came into the darkness of our lives also, in the darkest time of our lives, our personal darkness. He came. Now, that's what it means to be, in, to be darkness, and the light to come in. Now, what does it mean to be in darkness? We talked about being darkness. How about in darkness? Well, look at Psalm 82, verse 4. Psalm 82, verse 4 and 5. Here it says, Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the, land of the, wicked, the hand of the wicked. They know not. Neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out, of course. They know not. Are you, are you, are you going, where are you going in life? Where is your, where, are you going to heaven after you die? Well, I don't know. I hope so. I hope I go to heaven. Well, as, as a matter of fact, I don't think anybody can know if they're going to heaven. I always love that one, you know, it's, I don't know. Therefore, you don't know. Nobody knows because I don't know. <laughs> they know not. That's the description of a person who is in darkness, like my friend Ishiyahu. I don't know if there's really a God or if there's a heaven. They know not. That's the description. They know not. Uh, Or or my other Jewish friend who who says to me, uh, when I talk about the Lord Jesus Christ being the Lamb of God, she, she says, well, it makes sense, but I can't because I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't raised that way. That means I will not understand, see? It says, neither will they understand. Will they understand? They will not understand, see? they. And then the third thing, the description here is, they walk on in darkness. So at the end of everything they've said, they just continue on. That means that having pushed off the word of god having endured all this all these overtures of this christian that they say good riddance and they go on in darkness so that's a description there of being in darkness he says and so now turn to john 12:35 12, 12:35 35, 12, 35, more that we learn about being in darkness john 12:35 okay here it says then jesus said unto them yet a little while is the light with you? Light sent to the darkness, right? Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Knoweth not whither he goeth. A friend of mine told me recently, you only get one ticket through life, live it as best you can. When it's over, hope for the best. Hope for the best? <laughs> Knoweth not whither he goeth. Hope for the best. Knoweth not whither he goeth. That's exactly the opposite of the confidence that, that David said. I'm sorry to have you turn so much, but you don't mind. Do you? Anyway, turn to, to Psalm 73. No, well, if you don't mind, you don't have to turn. Do that too. Anyway, Psalm 73. Let's look at that in, in, in contrast to what my friend said. Psalm 73, verse 23. You got it? 23, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. What a wonderful description for the future. Oh, that it should always be like that for us. Three things in life. Number one, to be continually with God. A never-ending presence of God. Number two, to have God hold our hands through life holding me by my right hand. Number three, to be guided with God's counsel, to be guided with God's counsel. And after it's all over, to be received up to glory afterwards, to be received up to glory. That's great. You think David's talking about, I hope so? I don't know. Maybe so. I don't know. You think he's talking about getting a ticket to life and enjoying yourself the most you can. And then afterward, you hope you go to heaven. No, I don't think so. He's not talking about hoping. He's talking about knowing. And there's a difference. Great, great. But we have a great hope. We have a great hope. Because, and, and again, sorry. Turn back to John 1. I don't know why I apologize. I shouldn't apologize. No, no apologies for turning to the Bible. <laughs> John 1, 5. The light shineth in darkness. That's Genesis. The light shineth in darkness. That's what light does. It shines the best, the brightest, in darkness. Have you ever noticed that? If you turn the lights off now, you'll see it. Anyway, the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth not. A lot of people criticize that word, comprehendeth. Comprehendeth not. It's a bad word, bad translation. I don't think so. I I love that word, comprehendeth. You know why? Because when you comprehend something, you get your arms around it. All right, you, you, it's like this. So can you picture, here's the light, and darkness tries to comprehend it, put it out, but it can't, and it doesn't. The darkness the darkness comprehendeth it not. Light was specifically sent by God into the darkness. It's a great phrase. Now, what it speaks about, and you can write this down because of time, but anyway, in Psalm 22, the great chapter that speaks about the, the crucifixion, of the Lord. And again, he's the light of the world. There are two verses in Psalm 22. One is in verse 12 and it said, "Many bulls compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan beset me around." Okay? And then in Psalm 22:16, "For dogs have compassed me." It says, "The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet." So there we see darkness trying to comprehend, extinguish, surround, enclose, compass the light, the Lord Jesus Christ. But what happened? The light one. The light one, <laughs> the great contest, right? The rulers of the darkness of this world, they're called uh, the demons and the devil in, in uh, Ephesians 6, 12. The rulers of the darkness of this world, they tried to extinguish and they didn't. So there's our hope, because in Genesis 1, God sent the light. I mean, wouldn't it be something if it says that in Genesis, Genesis 1, and God said, there, let there be light, and there was light, and the darkness extinguished the light. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about that? Thank God it doesn't read that way. Thank God that the darkness lost and the light won.
0: That's great victory that the light won and the darkness lost. And Tom, with today's message, I can imagine that some of our listeners may be saying that their life is filled with darkness and depression. And so I'm asking, how do you receive light that would be an encouragement for these people that are going through darkness and depression?
1: Yeah, you know, darkness and depression is very real. And the problem is that when you're in darkness and when you're in depression, you can't see any way out. You just seem to be sinking deeper and deeper and deeper. And people can talk to you and you see their mouths moving, but nothing is getting through. And it's it's a really a problem, but God gives us and tells us what the answer is. And in Psalm 119 verse 130, He God says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. It's the entrance of the words of God that giveth light. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is called the Word. In John 1, in the beginning was the Word. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. See, darkness is death. Death and darkness are associated with each other. And what's so important is to realize that the Lord Jesus Christ is the opposite. As opposed to darkness, he is light. As opposed to death, he is life. And he is also, the word. So that means that when we come to the Bible, the more that we associate the Bible with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the more that we open our hearts to the Bible, just like we open our hearts to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, and let those words come in. And sometimes it's just a matter of reading and reading and reading and reading. And reading and and praying, and praying, and seeking, and seeking, and asking, and asking, God, oh God, as I read your word, make this word to be the Lord Jesus Christ to me. And as he enters into my soul, that light would come, and dispel the darkness, and dispel the death, and dispel the depression. It all comes about from the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Bible in hand and an open heart and a praying and seeking spirit, then God, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the action of His Holy Spirit, comes into the heart as the words of the God as the words of God come into the heart through the Bible, and light comes and darkness leaves. And speaking of light and the entrance
0: of light, Isn't it interesting that the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to earth was
1: accompanied by a great light? Yeah, that's right. It's interesting because it says that it was uh, at night in Luke chapter two, verse nine through eleven, it says, The angel of the Lord came upon shepherds, and it says, And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. So it was the glory of the Lord as the light. It was the you could say it was midnight that turned to a midday when they when when this angel came, and, and the angel angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Isn't it interesting to think that this was the day that they all looked forward to from the time that they heard from the very lips of God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself spoke, speaking in the Garden of Eden and telling the serpent that from the seed of the woman would come the head crusher, the one who would crush the, the, the head of the serpent, and therefore they look forward to that day. When is the head crusher coming? And every one who was born, even Eve, when she had her first child Cain, and she said, "I have gotten a man," and she said, in the Hebrew, "I have gotten a man, Keniti, I have gotten ish a man Et adonai she said, "I have gotten a man, even the Lord she knew, and she thought that was the day when that baby was born, she was wrong." But nevertheless, she looked forward to that day when Jacob was was in in the midst of of his speaking, and he said, "I have longed for thy salvation." He said, "I have longed for the day of your Yeshua, your salvation, to come to earth." All and when Isaiah predicted it would come in Isaiah nine six, he says, "For unto us a child is de- is born; unto us there's going to be a day when the child is born; unto us a son is given." And Everybody longed for the day, and they looked for the, for the day for thousands and thousands of years. And when this day finally came, and when the angel said, For unto you is born this day, and those, that was the day that for thousands of years, all these people of God had looked forward to and yearned for and wanted God so much to make it come in their lifetime. But in their lifetime, they heard the words, this day, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And how appropriate that when that happened at midnight, that the whole sky lit up, with the glory of God as the light of the world came into the world to bring salvation to man.
0: Yes, and in contrast, isn't it amazing that when light came in in the beginning, darkness also came about with his death on the cross.
1: Yes, and that's quoted to us in Matthew chapter 27, verse 45, where it says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. There was a three hours of an absolute darkness over the land when it was this mysterious time, when the Lord Jesus Christ was making the great atonement for our souls, when all of our sins were being laid on him, when the wrath of God was being poured out for all of our sins on him. And during this time, the one who was heralded by light when he came into the world was now there was a great darkness over all the earth for this three-hour period when all of our sins were being paid for by the Lamb of God, which took away the sins of the world. And that's why it says there was a darkness over all the land, all the land of Israel. There was a darkness, a great darkness, a great terrible time when the purest, and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. And that was the time that was referred to that was coming by uh, when Isaiah prophesied and spoke of that in his great 53rd chapter. When it says that during that time, God would see the travail of his soul. He would see the labor of it all, the travail of his soul. And when God was going to be satisfied with the death of deaths, with with the, the payment of all sin, with the final fulfillment, the wrath of God poured out for the sins of men, was then on the cross. And he said, God said he's going to be satisfied as the great justification took place. And how was it going to be? It says in Isaiah 53, he shall bear their iniquities when all of our iniquities, all of our sins were on his shoulders. This was such a a, a tremendous event It's described in Isaiah 53, 12 of a time when he poured out his soul unto death. And it takes our minds back to the priest when he went before God with the oblation offering and he poured it out before God. And here in the fulfillment of it all, here is God the Son pouring out his own soul unto death in a great work, which is called the atonement of our souls. And he, during this time, it says he was numbered with the transgressors, but above all, it says he bore the sin of many. This was the work that God came to do. This was the work that the Lord Jesus Christ referred to When he said, I must work the work, this was the work that he finally, when he returned to heaven, he repeated what he had said before in his great high-sleep prayer of John 17, I have finished the work that thou hast given me to do. This is the work that was referred to at the end of the crucifixion chapter of Psalm 22 when it said he hath done. Ki asa. That was the work that he did on the cross when he paid for all of our sins and gave his final cry. The work was finished. Our sins were paid for. What a great Savior we have.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Join us again tomorrow as Tom Cantor continues teaching us from our study in the book of Genesis every Monday through Wednesday. Now, do you have a Jewish friend or know of a Jewish person that needs to be reached with the gospel? Would you like to give them a gospel gift or have one sent to them? We can help you to do that by calling us today at 1-800-247-3051. Once again, that's 1-800-247-3051. We have many resources and supplies that are available to send a lost Jewish people, including Tom Cantor's personal testimony on DVD or in booklet form. We all know many Jewish people, whether a neighbor, a co-worker, acquaintance, or friend, so please call us today and help reach them with the gospel and obey God's command to go to the Jewish people first, 1-800-247-3051. You can also call us and get a copy of today's message in CD format. Or today's message and previous messages are available for free listening and free download from our websites at friendshipwithgod.org and IsraelRestoration.org. And there you can learn more about Tom Cantor and study more about the friendship of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'd like to hear more from you about what you like about friendship with God, so call us today at 1 800 247 3051. You can also find Tom Cantor and Israel Restoration Ministries on Facebook and receive a daily devotional from Tom Cantor. You can also contact Tom Cantor by sending an email to Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Join us again tomorrow at the same time.